Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer and an entrepreneur. My mission, what I stand for is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and effectively so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. This mission reflects the core ways of being that I work to develop in teachers, confidence, clarity, purpose, impact, and connection. Through my mentorship program and my premier offer called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field and beyond, and a dose of personal development. For more information on my programs, please see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and I'm here with the next episode, actually the last episode in my five-part series, my special podcast series, all designed to bring you content, tips, and strategies to improve your health up your energy, give you tactical tips that you can use, and just all around keep you healthy and moving during this unique and challenging time we're in. Now, if you've listened to any of the prior episodes, you know at the beginning of each one of these, I'm just acknowledging that here we are in March 2020, all around us, all of us in the world are dealing with the impact of the coronavirus. And as such, when this whole thing really started to pick up steam, I started to think about how I could use my podcast to get some experts on to talk about different subjects that I knew would be on your mind. So to that end, I want to introduce you to today's guest, Kat Fowler. Kat is a light worker, a teacher of spirituality and meditation, a certified advanced energy therapist, a Reiki master teacher, and host of her own fabulous podcast, The Soul Awakening Podcast. And I'd highly recommend you listen to that as well. She is also an ERYT 500 level yoga teacher, a Yoga Alliance continuing education provider, and she leads her own teacher trainings, retreats, and mentorship programs. Now, I've known Kat for a long time, and she has extensive experience both as a yoga teacher and a teacher of spirituality and an energy healer. And I knew that she would be the perfect person to not only invite to speak on the podcast here about energy and energy healing techniques, but just a great way to round out this five-part series just again, brought to you at a really unique and challenging time in our lives. So Kat, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Now for the listeners, I of course am here in Boston. You probably know that. Kat (laughs) is in New York. And so just to kind of give you a frame of reference. And I want to kind of dive into the you know, content we're going to share today, maybe though a good place to start, even though I read a little bit about you from a bio perspective, just tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do, and maybe a little bit of the focus you have when you work with people. Yeah. um, So I taught yoga for a pretty long time. That's how we met. Um, I've taught yoga for over 11 years uh, in New York City. And then also, as you said earlier, I was um, teaching teacher trainings and whatnot for about seven of those years um, on the East Coast and also globally. And it was, it was great. Um, and I shifted a lot of what I do now more into the energy work. I, that's just where my heart led me, you know, and I still love yoga. I still live by the principles of it. But um, for me, my heart really led me into more of the energetic aspect of it. So I work 
uh, one-on-one with clients when with energy healing, with readings, um, you know, like energy readings, Akashic readings, and then also with Reiki. Um, and I still do yoga occasionally, um, events and retreats, but the primary focus of my work has shifted and as well as with the podcast that's taken up a lot of my time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty much where my work is. And, and I do workshops and things like that, um, with groups with energy work, which is very different, um, than yoga, but it's really beautiful. I, I find a lot, I'd say about half of the people that will come to those workshops are yoga students of mine, previous yoga students, and then the other half are newer people. So I think it's, it's really nice to see the evolution of people along with me on the path that I'm going. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's just, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. So that sounds amazing. And I'm sure, well, let me ask you this. One of the things, especially for people listening who maybe are kind of unfamiliar with what does it mean to work with energy? Maybe they're a little skeptical. Maybe they're really into kind of the physical and the physicality of yoga practice. Uh, or maybe they're listening and they don't practice yoga. I mean, I might have some listeners like that and they're hearing you talk about energy and they're a little confused. So can you just share a little bit from a high level point of view, what does that mean? So, I mean, everything is energy. It's just like electricity. It's like, you know, it's there, we don't see it, but it generates every force and everything that we use when it comes to technology. And just like that, our bodies are machines and they're run by energy. And so what I do when working with energy is even though it may be unseen um, to people, it is seen to others. It's like, you know, psychically we do all have the ability if we practice and tap into those gifts to sense energy, whether it's in different modalities like sight or through sensing physically, these are all your, I'm talking about your clair gifts. So um, clairsentience is when you can feel like physically, whether it's tingles or heat or pressure, energy in the room or energy in an interaction that you're having Um, And so what I do is I work with energy um, through my senses, through my gifts, and also through lots of training. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I work with the energy matrix of an individual to see ideally what's the underlying root causes of whatever issues they may be having and how can I remedy that. And this can really greatly help people. And depending on their conditions, sometimes you need more than one session. And a lot of times it can be an adjunct to whatever Um, treatments they're undergoing, but it is a really succinct way that I found um, it can help people when people have no solution and they've tried many different things, including, you know, therapies or whatever. And um, so I always say, especially to the skeptical people, like, because I was definitely a skeptic myself, I would knock it until you've tried it and then try it. And then you'll see through your own experience, if it's for you or not, and it's not for everybody, but it is something that I found for me, I shifted into this work because it is what healed me of a lot of my past traumas and things like that. Even when I was doing yoga, which was good, I felt yoga for me was very helpful and it was kind of scraping the surface. But then once the stuff really came up for me, it was energy healing that got me through and helped me heal from a very uh, difficult period in my life. And so that's why I offer it to others. Got it. Now, something just came to my mind as you were describing that, especially when you said um, sometimes people that come to you have tried other things like therapy. So can you just speak a little bit to how working with someone's energy is different from something like a therapist might do, like having them talk about their feelings? Like as a person who comes to you, is there a talking about their feelings part to what you do is it or is yeah. it something different I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question <laughs> yeah it never actually came to me until this moment and I was like I don't know that I could describe how, how they're, they're they're different so I would love to know what you think well they they are very different and I'm not knocking therapy there's benefit to it just someone from an energetic standpoint just someone speaking about a traumatic event, if they've never spoken about it before, can induce lots of healing. If there's a cathartic moment, that emotional release is energy leaving the body. It can be even the trauma leaving the body. So that can be healing. Um, however, in energy therapy, there's no judgment, but you can see or feel or whatever comes up in a session, something, a blockage, um, whether it's you know etheric, an, an energetic blockage, a trauma, an imprint that someone has been carrying with them since childhood, 
that comes up immediately within like, you know, as soon as you tap in and you're looking for what's going on. Whereas in, in therapy, sometimes that can take years mm -hmm. to get to the root cause of something, depending on the quality of your therapist and, you know, whatever the, the, I think, you know, initiative and intention of the client. But so for, for me, it's like energy doesn't lie. We all, we've all seen those memes online and whatever, like, but it's really true, like vibes or whatever energy, it doesn't lie. Like you'll see, um, so you can work on to remedy, to heal the root cause of something immediately, which is amazing. Um, because then it's like, you don't need a hundred sessions or 10 sessions or whatever in one session, you can really help the client. And it's not just me. It's like, I'm just the facilitator. Ultimately the client is the one that with the intention is doing their own healing. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm helping moving things around, but the same way, like an acupuncturist, they, you know, find out the cause they put it in the needles, but it's the physical body of the patient that is actually healing itself. And so it's similar to the work that I do. Okay. So this leads me to another question because you've used the word trauma a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I know, of course, there are going to be people listening who can identify even on a cognitive level, like an intellectual level, something that happened to them that they would consider tra traumatic. Mm -hmm. uh, what about people who don't feel like they had have had, have experienced something traumatic. Does that mean that these techniques we're going to talk about today are not relevant to them? Or could it mean that they've experienced trauma at a different level and maybe they're not recognizing it, but their energy could still be off? So in my belief, every single human being on the planet has experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one person unless they've lived in a bubble, which is traumatic <laughs> as it is, hasn't experienced trauma. And some people, it's very much in their field and they understand because they've done some of the introspective work or the shadow work to see how it's affecting them and other people, it's not in their awareness. And to your, to your statement about the spectrum, like, you know, trauma, it's, it's a broad, it's a word that encompasses a really broad spectrum where somebody that maybe endured really heavy, difficult things like abuse, violence, right. um, things like that may have a certain threshold and feel like that's moderate trauma. And then someone maybe that went through something like that considerably societally, like a divorce that wasn't, you know, there wasn't physical violence or any death threats or anything like that involved to them, that might be just as traumatic and that's very valid. It, you know, we all have very different nervous systems and we respond to things differently because of that. And so, you know, I, I do believe that every single individual has trauma, whether they're aware of it or not. And a lot of times trauma can happen um, when you're in that subconscious mind of below the age of seven. Sometimes it even happens in the womb or in the birth, like the birth process. And other times it happens when you're two years old. And maybe you don't have the conscious memory of it until you do an energy session or some form of hypnotherapy and then you become very aware of it. And so um, I think, but that's also why this is spiritually, I believe why we choose the human journey and mm -hmm. it's because it's really for soul growth. And it's when you become aware of those things and those imprints and patternings and traumas in your life that then you have the ability and you're taking on the journey that you choose, you elect to go on to heal that. And from that you grow and you mature on a soul, like on a spiritual level. And that's why it's like, you know, not this big bad thing that we should all be scared of or scared to deal with, but it's really the opportunity to know who you are at a deeper level and to grow and to grow and mature spiritually. So yeah, I do believe everybody has trauma and whether they're aware of it or not, but it's a beautiful thing to work with um, once you are in a, you know, an adult state of mind so that you have the capabilities. And if it's, if it's overwhelming and it's too much, then yes, seek assistance. You know, this isn't something you have to do on your own. And mm -hmm. there's plenty of modalities that can help like energy healing or professional um, medical help, depending, you know, on the severity. So right. it really, right. it just all really depends. Yeah. So uh, along kind of along those lines, when you mentioned some of the examples of trauma, some of the obvious things that probably come to mind, physical trauma, sexual trauma, verbal mm -hmm. abuse in a relationship where it's a consistent ongoing thing. And then when you were saying that a lot of 
you know, everybody has some degree of trauma. I was, I guess I was thinking about if people have things like self-limiting beliefs that come from the way they were raised or childhood or deeply ingrained beliefs from a young age, something about money or something about their self-worth or, and so they grow up with certain views of the world in terms of how they should be acting. Is that also that kind of limiting belief an illustration of trauma on some level that can be traced back to something? For sure. And it's not just what happens in the home. It's like it's societally. Right. There, there's, you know, societal impacts depending on your race, your gender, where you live, your economic status that can create that imprint of trauma. There's things that happen through uh, when you're in school, you mm-hmm. know, through, through, it can happen. It's, it's just, that's just what it is. Like, <laughs> and yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. 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 But exactly. It's, I think a way to identify, I wouldn't necessarily go looking like, Hey, do I have trauma? But Hey, what can I heal would be those instances where you have those behaviors that are limiting and you, you acknowledge those and you're like, why do I act like this? Like, what, Hey, why do I feel this way? You know, all people with money are bad or whatever, like, you know, you're saying right. money or whatever it is. Why do I feel this way? Where did right. that come from? Um, right. Really like truly. And you start to trace that back. I think then you're going to get some answers and then the unraveling of all of that is happening. And, you know, I'm just thinking it's really interesting that we're talking about this now because I know we're, mainly going to talk about like, you know, the current events, but this is, I think what's coming up in the collective currently is this massive, um, we call it dark night of the soul, but it's like this massive shadow work period for the collective globally, but Mm -hmm. also individually, like everybody right now, I feel is coming up against their biggest fears when -hmm. it comes to what's happening with the quarantines and the isolation the money, the financial situation, people with elderly parents, people that are elderly, like everybody's fears, um, greatest fears, I think, are coming up now that they're being surfaced and unearthed collectively. Right, right. The fear of getting sick. Whatever it is of death, really. I don't think it's getting sick, it's a death. And it's like, and so I think everybody's coming up with these fears. Um, Their fears are being shown to them. But this is in a way, it's a beautiful gift that these things are coming up in a time where we're asked to stay at home mm-hmm. <laughs> and not interact as much socially with people because really the spiritual path and awakening has to, like at some point, there's an isolation period that has to happen. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's a cocoon phase, like before the butterfly, like the caterpillar goes into its cocoon and then metamorphosis occurs. And I think we're all collectively, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey in the very beginning, or you've been at this for a long time, collectively going through this cocoon phase. And it's a really interesting to look at um, on that global scale, because I feel that, you know, a lot of people, it really depends on your perspective. Your reality depends on your perspective. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, this is really challenging being indoors. You know, I can, I feel for the extroverts. Right, <laughs> like, right. I feel for the people like that. Um, and I'm not invalidating what they're experiencing. It definitely is scary. There's parts of it that are very, um, it's isolating. It's very difficult. It can be difficult on your mental health if, you know, you, you're not interacting with people the way you used to. But I do feel like it's important to look at this time instead of as a curse, as a blessing, as an opportunity for us to go inwards and really work on ourselves spiritually and discover and unearth and heal these elements of ourselves that they've always been there. They've just been dormant or they've been repressed and hidden enough because we've had so many distractions like sports games, drinking with coworkers, whatever, all that's gone. So now it's like, okay, here's your opportunity to go within and be like, okay, what's really going on with me? Why do I feel this way? And, you know, there's still the opportunity to numb and distract through like Netflix and alcohol, whatever, but maybe, you know, cause it's going to be a longer period that we're all going to be quarantined. There will be days that at some point you're like, I don't feel like watching a shitty show, you know, for the fifth time anymore. Like maybe I'm just going to hang with myself and do some 
some self-work. So I think this is happening on a global level um, for a lot of the people that are really waking up. And, and that's why there's also a lot of collective fear going around because that's just what everyone's experiencing at the moment. But it's a right. really beautiful time, I think, of transmutation and metamorphosis that's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when one more thing on this trauma piece, because the way you were describing it, would you consider saying that trauma in a way blocks, creates a block in your body, like a block to free flow of energy. And that's part of the goal of the work that you do is to free those blocks up from people. I would say, yeah, it's not just trauma, but it's like, it it can be anything. There's many things that can form blocks, um, your own repetitive thoughts, um, imprints, like imprinting Mm -hmm. things like energy from other people, there's many, there's so many different things. It's not just one thing, but yes, that can be part of what causes it or a main cause for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But it's not the only thing, like there's many different factors, but yes, like they, and I I just want to break that down. Like you were saying in the body. So it depends like chicken or the egg thing. Did it happen in the body first? And then the energy it showed in the energy or did it happen in energy first as an energy worker i always believe everything happens in the energetic realm and then it's reflected in the physical realm right and so a lot of times what we do is when someone has a physical like a serious physical issue it tends to be something that was very chronic in the energy field um it, it was not acute acute issues are easy to clear but chronic things if something's been in your energetic field chronically for a long time then it can create or just start to manifest in a physical way. And so, you know, it just, it's not always super black and white like that. Um, but when it comes to the whole trauma piece, like, yes, like trauma can create blocks in the energy field and like not only in the physical body, but in the aura, in the auric field, our bio field around us, but so can so many other things. So it's not always that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let me kind of go now that we've kind of broken down a little bit um, about energy and understanding it and how it kind of flows in the body and your kind of work with it. Let's get a little bit more kind of into the details. So when you do an energy, I don't know if I say energy reading, is that the right phrase? Yeah. Like a session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that look like for someone who has never worked with someone like this before? What is that? What does that look like? So typically it'll, it depends, you know, when I was in person before everything got shut down in New York, um, you'd walk in or if it's on zoom or whatever um, you come in and we just, I ask you what's going on. You let me know what's going on with you energetically or emotionally or, you know, and sometimes people come in and they tell me a lot and sometimes people don't tell me anything at all. And so I just, I'll, from there, I perform an assessment and I assess, go over all of the chakras and I see if what's going on in the chakras and I go over all of the different layers of the auric field. We have several layers of the auric field and I'll see what's going on there. And then from there, I can create a general idea of what I'm going to be going into and a good plan of action as to how to remedy that. And then I start the physical energy. Well, it's not physical. Then I start the actual energy work on the client. And so I know that there's like different, um, I don't want to say names of shows, but there's different shows out there that are showing different energy healers doing work. It's not like this, like, you're not moving around like crazy and moaning. It's like, you're just laying down. You're pretty much taking a Shavasana. And a lot of the times people fall asleep. (laughs) Like half the time the energy is very strong and it's very relaxing to people. And so they'll just fall asleep, um, you know, while I'm doing the work. And then other times I'll have clients that are like, Oh my gosh, I was seeing lights and it was beautiful. And sometimes I'll have people saying, Oh my God, I was feeling, you know, this and that. And, I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, or I had this memory come up and, and other times some people, cause their sensitivity level is different. They don't feel anything at all, but the work is still being done. And so for the most part though, it's pretty relaxing. And if it's a deeper thing that we're doing, it can be, there can be an emotional release. Um, and then at the end, we do a little discussion of whatever I saw that came up, came up. And sometimes I'll get messages of, 
guidance from their team, um, meaning their spiritual team and mm-hmm. spirit, like their guides about what can, what they can do to help whatever's going on. And so every session is different. So I can't necessarily say it always goes like this. Right. Sometimes like we were talking about with the therapeutic aspect, some people just talking for mm-hmm. a long period of time, the healing's happening as they're talking mm-hmm. and I'll be seeing it. I'm like, wow, like I'm not, I don't, even have to do like I'm just sitting here holding space and just them speaking is releasing so much from their field so it really depends um but for the most part it's there's always an assessment they can relax and and the work is being done and then we discuss after and then most of the time energy work it's not like oh yeah you have to do this once a week like it's it's not like that it's some people um it's called an integration period they may have two to three weeks that they're integrating the work that we're doing, meaning they shouldn't get any work done after some people it's three days. And so it's really different and it depends on the issue that they come to me with as to how long their integration period will be after their session Mm -hmm. and what they'll, what they'll experience after their session. So it's always very different, but I always find it really beautiful um, because I do find a lot of times when I work with people that have never done healing energy healing for the first time, it really opens their eyes mm-hmm. to a whole new reality, especially when it's distance healing, because people are like, I can't believe it. Like I'm in Australia, you're in New York. And I just felt all that and, you know, became emotional and it makes no sense because I'm not near them, but the energy just traveled immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's a really, it's a beautiful thing. It's very fulfilling for me. And it was so healing in my journey that I love, 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 love offering that mm-hmm. for others. Now, when you were describing it, especially when you said you're like in a Shavasana type mm-hmm. you know, posture, your body, arrange, arranging your body, it reminded me of, and I wasn't exactly sure this is what you were describing, but I had my first Reiki session ever in my life about three or four months ago. I actually had two um, mm-hmm. for a period of a month. So would you say that the if you if you are working with someone in person the the actual work and modality and technique you're using is reiki and then something in addition to that so so as, as you know i lead reiki trainings um and so reiki is different so okay. reiki is i always like to say it's like if you have a tv channel a tv station reiki is one station and energy healing, you can use many different stations. It's, so Reiki is just one frequency that comes in. It's a very healing universal life force frequency that can go anywhere in the body. And so Reiki healing, you just send Reiki to someone and the Reiki will do its work. It'll go into the places, places it needs to go. It'll heal the things it needs to heal. And it, it's almost like sound healing. It's the sound just does its thing. Like it just it goes, it does its work. Um, but energy healing is a lot more precise in the fact that it's the, the practitioner that's using the different frequencies that are coming to them that are being channeled through them in order to heal and remedy particular issues that they're seeing in the client's field. Reiki is like, you just, you can send it and yeah, you can direct it into certain places, but you're using that one frequency and it's beautiful. It's very uh, relaxing. It's really great. If you um, have a lot of stress. If you feel very depleted, it can really recharge you. A lot of people that when they do Reiki, and I'm sure you may have felt this, you I feel did. a warm yeah. sensation. Yeah, it's a very. It can be very warming, depending on what's happening. Sometimes you'll feel like a cooling sensation if things are being cleared. But energy healing is almost. It's almost like a little bit of psychic surgery where you can go in. We can like remove something, you know, add something in, and really help with the energy. Whereas in uh, you know Reiki, that might have taken several many sessions to get to um energy healing can be a little bit more precise and a little bit more intense when -hmm. it comes to the work Mm -hmm. so yeah i remember for both sessions i was amazed at how deeply relaxing it was and Mm -hmm. her comment was that she could feel i had so much energy that was coming off me um, Mm. which resonated with me because i am very kind of high energy anyway. And I, (laughs) yeah, so that made sense to me, but I was struck by how deeply relaxing it was with very minimal, 
physical touch to my body like you would get in massage where you might say, mm-hmm. oh, I feel really relaxed after a massage. This was definitely not that. So let me ask you, because now that we you've described Reiki as like tuning into one channel, mm-hmm. and then you were describing kind of the broader scope of energy healing, it I'm wondering how intuitive healing is that another like it that's what was kind of coming to my mind as you were describing the broader energy healing technique does that have any relationship to using intuition as a practitioner to tap into the yes okay yeah it it absolutely does but there's also a clinical aspect to it whereas in like there are things you should do you see this you do that you see A, you do B. <laughs> you see B, then you go to C. So there, there is a little bit of the clinical aspect, whereas in you see an issue and you know, okay, I should be doing X, Y, Z. But then there is also the intuitive aspect, but I wouldn't only say it's my intuition. It's messages from my guides, messages from their guides. I work with different so realms, so messages from the angelic realm. Um, there's a lot of, so even though it's just me in a room, it's not <laughs> energetically. Right. There's, there's a team, like there's a team that comes in that are assisting. And, um, a lot of times, sometimes it's a client. Sometimes it's just healing beings. A lot of times it's the angelic realm. That's who I primarily work with when it comes to the healing sessions. And it's, so there's a whole, it's a whole team effort. And so it's not necessarily, you know, cause when we say intuition, sometimes we think it's like, you know, guidance from my higher self. So yes, that comes in, but a lot of times it's a whole, it's a, a lot of different Life. factors that are coming in that are giving me the information okay. and that I will yeah. use for the healing session. Yeah. So you're making a distinction of sorts between intuitive intuition as into tapping into yourself versus being able to connect to not yourself, but some other entity that's guiding you. Yes. Like a very positive healing yeah. Yes. Yes. Cause wow. there's everything out there. I mean, yeah. And I know this, I'm saying it like very casually, but this is, um, <laughs> I know for other people, like if you've never heard of a spirit guide, this might be. Shocking. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, I don't know. You know, I think that you have to, on some level, just open your mind up to the idea that we don't know everything. And, and I think when you referred to the 3d world, Um, that's something that I've come to appreciate in terms of making a distinction between the 3d world and I don't, what would you call the, the, well, this is a great point. Like we are multidimensional beings. So every human exists in many dimensions simultaneously. And so although we have a physical vehicle, which is our body in the third dimension, we, our soul is from a higher dimension. Yeah. Our spirit, which is the energy around the soul, resides in different dimensions as well. There's, you know, there's up to 33 really, um, but in energy work and our primary auric field where it has seven dimensions that we work with. Mm-hmm. And so just like we have the seven chakras, mm-hmm. you know, in yoga, it's the same thing. These chakras extend out and they create the layers of our auric field or a cocoon around the body. And even though we are just, we see ourselves as just a physical human being, we are most definitely not. We reside in all dimensions simultaneously. And all of these dimensions have different qualities and have different frequencies and they raise up in frequency or they speed up. We can say in frequency in, in light uh, capacity as we go higher and higher up in the dimensions. But all of us have all of these. We are simultaneously existing in all of these dimensions, Mm -hmm. meaning like, you know, like I said, the soul, it's everyone's soul is of a much higher dimensional frequency, I would say seventh or above. And so that is always present within us, even though we're in the third dimensional earth, you know, world as we exist in. So just that, yeah. That's like the physical manifestation that we choose to be in from a 3D perspective. Yeah, and we choose to be here for a good reason. And it's because to here we have very linear time and space. Yeah. And so everything is very, 
drawn out and much slower than it is on the higher frequency band so that we can like literally walk through one foot in front of the other, the lessons that we need to learn. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting thing because I know there's 3d gets a lot of like slack and, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, a lot of people, at least in spiritual community, you know, can't wait to get out of it. But we have to remember that we've chosen in a sense to incarnate into these human forms for a reason and even though earth is really difficult, like the lessons are really hard, especially right now. Um, and time is pretty slow on this planet compared to other dimensional fields. It's for a reason. And it's for yeah. us to learn these lessons very thoroughly. And this is for our soul to grow, to evolve. And so it's, it's really an interesting concept. I don't know if I'm giving a clear enough explanation no, no. of all this. <laughs> I, I think it's important for people who are super attached to the 3D world to have at least um, some exposure to concepts that are beyond that. Because even like when we think about money, money is a 3D principle, right? And then when we think about broader terms like compassion and gratitude, and those don't exist at the level of the 3D, but yet, you know, we think about a lot of things that hold us back or we have self-limiting beliefs around, and they really are constructs that are in the 3D world. Well, let's also just talk about yoga, like the actual practice of yoga, not yeah. talking postures. The goal is enlightenment is not a third dimensional concept. <laughs> like, right. That is merging, you know, with right. the source, with oneness, mm -hmm. with God, whatever you want to say, with your, with mm -hmm. your truest self within, with God within. That is really what the eighth limb of yoga is. And right. so it's like, the, the eight-limbed ladder is like a multi-dimensional ladder going up into the higher realms and frequency um, right. bands. So it's, it's really interesting because I know like, but what we see typically, the manifestation of yoga tends to be the physical postures, you know, right. the workout, whatever. And that's a part of it. You're clearing parts of your energy field. You're removing things as you're doing these workouts. So that's beautiful. But, you know, the more esoteric, the more um, subtle and metaphysical parts of the yoga practice, meaning like the, the eight limbs, right. that's moving up. That's, mm -hmm. that's a multidimensional practice. Yep. No, that's a great um, framework to use that people that are listening will be familiar with to kind of explain this, what you're, what you're talking about. So, all right, so let's do this. Let's make a little shift um, to what's happening now and how we can use some of what you know to help us as listeners, as we're trying to navigate this new world that we're living in, which as you say, is all about um, restricting our access to other humans contracting within, which for some of us may be really difficult, living in an environment where if you just turn on TV or look at Twitter or whatever social media channel, you're going to get barraged with everyone's kind of fears and negative thoughts. So it doesn't take, you know, anyone with experience in energy to know that that's not good for your energy. Mm -hmm. But yet I think there are some things that you can help us with in terms of, well, how can we get a reading on where we're at and what can we do? So I don't know where you kind of want to go with that. Well, I think the first thing to talk about is the fear that's going on um, mm -hmm. collectively. And a lot of people that practice yoga that are listening um, tend to be very energetically sensitive or empathic. And so we pick up on that. And you know, that's no fun because you all of a sudden you're feeling all this anxiety and you're like, but this isn't typically me. Why do I feel this? Right. Um, and so I think there's so much of that circulating. And like you said, you just turn on. The, I don't watch the news. We were talking beforehand. I, I watched like some updates from, you know, presidential updates and whatnot. Um, but like I, I was learning a lot of different things and I'm not saying you right. know, don't be aware of what's going on, but I am saying, don't let it consume you. Right. Because if you look at the way that this whole thing is being spun, not any news channel is giving you a peaceful, don't worry. Things right. are like, it is all to just generate fear. Right. Um, which is as on a physiological standpoint. And I think you said you've had people on, you know, in the series ahead of time, 
what that does to you, what stress does to the body and constant fear does to the body hormonally is just like, that's already, we all know that. Right. But energetically, fear can create a depletion of your energy and all openings in your energetic field. And I compare like a nice solid aura is like wearing a nice winter coat when you're out and it's snowing and you yeah. wouldn't go outside with your winter coat wide open, right. you know, and, but that's sometimes what fear can do. And so what I think is really important for people listening is grounding. And mm -hmm. there's many different ways that you can ground um, meditation with the intention to ground down is mm -hmm. one way. So you can visualize and I recommend, I know in yoga, there's, you know, lotus posture and the crossing of the legs to kasana. But um, when you're feeling ungrounded, it's very helpful to meditate with your feet flat on the floor mm -hmm. and visualize roots of your energy, like energetic roots growing down. And it's funny, as I'm saying it, I can feel my <laughs> feet tingling. Yeah. Energetic roots growing down from your feet and also, or you can drop a cord down from your tailbone with the root chakra down yeah. to the core of the earth. So that's just a visualization that you can do, which will help. And you'll know it's working if you start to feel tingles in your feet, pressure, tingles, or heat in your feet, legs, or root. Um, so some other things which may or may not be an option depending on where you live is getting out in nature and physically grounding that way, meaning walking barefoot on grass. If you have a backyard, you're very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, <laughs> when I was walking the other day, I hugged a tree. I don't even know why. Yes. I just felt like yes. I oh to like my God. connect to nature. And um, yes, yes, nature, trees, trees. Oh my gosh, like. I wish I lived next to trees like that yeah. where, because you, you can ground in that capacity as well. Um, eating earth based foods, like root vegetables, things like that can ground you. Mm -hmm. um, they they have the energy of the earth using grounding crystals can be very helpful. So um, any black crystal or Brown crystal can be really helpful. Smoky quartz, tourmaline, um, those are really nice semi, like I'd say termaline is a little more intense, but those are things that can ground your energy, but really the simple practice of visualizing that. And also, and this is something obviously you can help a lot of your students with, um, and the people listening, I'm sure on, in a different episode is breathing is so helpful for moving the body from a nervous, anxious, fearful state into a calmer state. So the whole, you know, pranayama practice things right. like Samavritti, things like alternate natural, nostril pranayama and um, or even non-yogic techniques that are meant to help anxiety. Like I think it's like the four, seven, eight breathing or something like that. It's like a, yeah. there's a pattern where you hold the breath in that ratio that can help. So things like this to just neutralize some of the fear in the body, I think is yeah. very, very helpful at this moment. Um, and, and connecting with other people and expressing that because I just want people listening to understand everybody is going through this at mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. We all are going through this and whether you have a parent that's older, you're worried about your finances, you're worried about your home, renting, you're worried about whatever it is, um, your health, your children, whatever, like everybody is going through this at the same time. And we all are dealing with some sort of issue that there's fear around. And so I think that's also helpful to understand because sometimes, you know, it's very easy to move into like, Oh my gosh, this is all me. And this is so hard. Everybody is going through this right now. Right. Like at right. the same time. Yeah. So I just feel breath work is huge. Grounding is so important at this time and if possible meditation yes. and if you, you hate meditation it was sure some people that do journaling some form of introspective alone me time no tv on you know no facebook instagram scrolling but just like just take your time just to express or just sit with how you're feeling whether it's through journaling or just with meditation just being like wow i'm this is really overwhelming. I just, let me surrender this. I just, I have to let go of this. It doesn't mean like I'm just um, completely helpless. This means I'm not emotionally tied 
in the same way anymore. I'm not tying myself down and gripping to this. I'm just surrendering it. I'm giving it up either to God, a higher power, your higher self, whatever you want, angels, your guides, whatever you believe in or don't. Like I'm just surrendering these worries and I'm choosing now for even if it's a moment in time to live in a space of peace and calm. I'm just going to do that. I, yeah. I love that kind of framing it like that because I think that particular last statement you made really can give us something to anchor to when there's so much that's out of our control. So it's like you can fight that and resist. There's so much that's being done to us. Mm-hmm. in the restrictions that we don't have control over the local authorities do the you know state national level authorities so it's like so what can you do you can fight that and fight that and fight that energetically and mentally cognitively or like you said you can for a moment even just surrender and try to feel a sense of peace yeah because it's exactly it's like the serenity prayer right it's like we have to think, what can we control? And we can't control the circumstances, but we can control our response. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, this is a time now where we, as a society, have primarily been very unaware and very energetically irresponsible. Meaning if we're upset, we just project it out. We just project right. it. There's the road rage, the honking, right. the whatever. You know, obviously in the big cities, like we see that all the time. <laughs> But, um, but now I think it's a time for all of us to become aware and also really cognizant of the fact that it is our choice and our responsibility to work with what's going on internally and transmute it and Mm -hmm. transmute that fear by whatever modality you need, a yoga practice, um, journaling, meditating, breath work, whatever you can do it, talking to someone but you, we can't hold on to that because it's, right. it's really damaging to our system energetically, physically, and it doesn't help anybody. You know, it doesn't help ourselves. And so I'm not, you know, putting any um, judgment or shame on the fear. I go through periods of that. Sometimes I'll read it like a New York Times article and they're right. not very helpful in trying to keep you calm. <laughs> right. And right. I'll just be like, oh my God, this is like madness. And then right. I have to rein it back and I have to be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like what's really happening right now? What's in my reality? And how can I, will this, will me getting worked up about something that I can't do anything about at this moment mm-hmm. help it? The answer is no. And then I, then I go back through the practices. I will say as somebody that's been very diligent about managing my energy and energetic hygiene, typically before all this, I would clear my energy usually at night, once a day, sometimes, I don't know, once every two, three days, depending on the accumulation. Cause living in a city, it's a lot of energy going on to now. Sometimes it's two to three times a day Then I'm yeah. clearing myself and really releasing and pushing out a lot of the fear you know, from my system. And really the biggest way to do that is when you feel the sense of love and you let that build in your heart. And if it's difficult, tune into gratitude, see the things that you are thankful for, know that it's like really bad in different places all over the world. And probably what's difficult for us is something that people have been experiencing their entire life in different countries. You know, I saw this post and I don't want to go too much into any like political realms, but just different countries where they lived their life in a war zone their entire life. They've lived their life in quote unquote quarantine their entire life. Right. Like this is, I just, I, I, and we have the privilege of like, we have delivery service and (laughs) and like Amazon. Right. Yeah. So it's like, this is a beautiful time as, as scary as it can be for us to really like, rein it in and start to work with our ourselves in a very deep, powerful way and gain back our sovereignty. And our and this comes through responsibility over your, your energetic state by the first step is working through the emotions that are really coming through to us that are very challenging because we become sovereign beings when we decide, hey, I get to control and I have the sovereignty over my own being and over how my reality is going to be. Even if it's within this tiny apartment that I live in, 
right. I get to decide how my day goes at this moment because there's nothing else I can do. I can't go outside and I can't reopen my business if it closed at the moment. Like we all have the same circumstances, but now it's our choice as to how are we going to respond to that. And I think we're all being asked to step up to the plate, especially those of you listening and those of you that are very spiritually minded, like this is our time. You know, this is our time to really shine and be like the, the living examples of how to operate in this time of major challenge and chaos that's going on globally. Right, right. No, I, I love that. It's kind of like, yeah, it's be, to me, hearing you describe that, it kind of maybe a little bit of a 3D principle, the principle of integrity, like personal mm-hmm. integrity kind of comes to mind um, when I hear you talk yes. um, in this way. For sure. For sure. It's, and it's, again, it's like not to shame anyone when you're going through that, the periods of fear, it's just saying, Hey, like be mindful and don't let it engulf you because you have the choice and with the awareness. Now the responsibility to manage and transmute those emotions, it is possible. And if it's difficult, get support. Cause I've been there where I needed support. I understand. I used to, you know, when I was really, I had, I had PTSD when I was really in the thick of all of it. There's no way I could have done that alone. So I understand like, and I'm not saying um, by support, I mean like call, call someone or there's still plenty of things open um, or, or do a healing session. You know, there's, there's so many options, but I do feel that this is like what you said, integrity. This is a big time of, of, of a big spiritual awakening for a large mass of people that's happening right now globally. Mm-hmm. And this is the hard period. This is the shadow period. This is the cocoon yeah. period. And it's not easy. Right. <laughs> like, not easy. It's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I want to ask you one more thing um, about, we touched on it or you touched on it a little bit, but as people are becoming more aware, you know, maybe they are taking some of this time to do some self-work, or maybe they're just feeling extremely anxious and they're unsure of how to kind of stop all these waves. You know, they're kind of maybe still in this patterning of watching TV, um, talking to friends, you know, friends, depending who they are, can be kind of negative. And even if Mm -hmm. you're kind of doing okay. You can talk to like a friend who's particularly getting sucked up into the negativity and then you might get sucked in, but you want to reach out to that person to make sure they're okay. So just these kinds of things bring up this, I, this question of how can you protect yourself? Um, are there certain things that you would suggest to kind of energetically protect yourself during this time? Well, yeah. So Speaking to what you just said, I think what's very important now is people really notice, especially empaths and highly sensitive people and intuitives, um, what is draining your energy and what gives you energy and those relationships that you may be sustaining out of obligation, I, they just need to go. If you are already at like the you know low battery, yeah. stop. stop giving that away. These, everything is changing right now. Like societal norms have crumbled and so a lot or are crumbling. And so a lot of people are going through like the whole, why, why did I hang out with that person, you know, three days a week after work? Like I actually, I didn't like that. That wasn't fun for me. And I always was tired after those things. I think it's time for people to take inventory, not only in their social life, but also in their digital life, unfollow the things that are draining you. Like this is the time. This is, this is not the time where you want things pulling on your energy and people pulling on your energy. Yes. Be compassionate with love, send love to those that need it. Be there for your friends and family, those that need it. But I'm talking about the other side, the, the yeah. friendships that are out of obligation that are very draining to you um, and, and interactions like that, that just needs to go. That is just, it, there's no time for that anymore. Like we just do not have, the leisure to do that anymore. Right. Um, and when it comes to protection, the biggest form of protection is a strong energy field. And like I said, it gets depleted through fear. And so the best way to keep up your energy field is yeah. to do things that make you feel good and feel happy. 
And as simple as that, like, I don't want to get into, you know, really intense techniques that you'd probably need a guided meditation for. Um, but so do things that make you happy and that bring joy to you. And I don't mean watch hours of comedy shows that you like, you know, kind of like, I mean, do the things in your home that you can, that bring joy to your heart. And this will fill you and your energy field with that frequency of love. And that is your biggest buffer and protection. And then there's other things that you can do. Um, like, you know, eating healthy foods, organic foods, if possible. Um, and also visualizing yourself in the color gold, like mm-hmm. the actual color gold all around you, like a golden egg. That is a very protective frequency. Nice. Um, and that is very, very healing. So that can help. But, you know, sometimes I don't want to say, you know, just put yourself in a golden egg and it's all good because if the inside is hollow, then it's still not a strong force field. Like, Things that bring you joy, that make you happy, and where you feel love in your heart, and your heart is expanding, whether that's giving to others, um, creating free events, doing a meditation, creating artwork in your home, whatever it is, things that expand the heart and that give you that feeling of love and put a smile on your face, that is your best form of protection in not only the energy world, but physically, really Mm -hmm. just hormonally as Mm -hmm. to how to keep your system stable in a time like this. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because as I was saying in the beginning, you're the fifth uh, person that I have interviewed this week on a number of themes. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll be interested to know that you and Mel Abraham, who's a CPA (laughs) and the person who was (laughs) on two days ago talking about money, you both talked about a similar theme. He called it clearing the deck. And he was talking about this particular time as an opportunity for people to clear the deck, to clean the table of things that Mm -hmm. assess as just not being essential in their life, in their business, in their way of being because Mm -hmm. of the situation kind of forcing a lot of self-reflection and quiet time and downtime. And it's funny because when you were speaking and you were talking about the friends that are draining and look, we just don't have the luxury anymore. And especially right now to be around negative people, maybe this is the time to end those relationships, send them off with love. It's the same theme. So I think it's kind of funny, like certainly you know, we can kind of be in that 3D world and be someone that's an expert on money, but we can also be in that spiritual world and appreciate as he talks so much about gratitude and self-love and compassion. And you're talking about all those things. So it's just kind of interesting to me how those things dovetail together. And, and I didn't expect them to, especially from both of you who came at, you know, this particular topic from different areas of expertise. That is so amazing. And I really feel like a second, like a a major global theme, the next one that's coming up and that is happening now in several little subsets and pocket communities is that of unity. And, but first it's the, we got to get through the shadow stuff. Like that's what, you know, we're all talking about now, but then it is one of unity and it's like, yeah, me and this guy, I've never met who's a CPA, who probably maybe don't have much in common, have so much in common. (laughs) And the interesting thing was he was talking about how he was forced to make an assessment of his life in that way, because last year Mm -hmm. he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And so he Mm -hmm. went through a six month journey of a cancer journey, and he is now cleared and cured. And that was his time to make those decisions. And now you know, seven, eight, nine months later, coronavirus is collectively hitting, you know, us on a global level. And it's yet again, another opportunity. So yeah, I mean, who would have known the the two of you coming at things, but I think you're right. I think it's bringing up these universal themes. Mm -hmm. And unifying and understanding that we're all one, like we are all humanity we're all here. We're not just these humans that look very different from the outside. We're very similar on the inside. (laughs) And I mean, energetically as light beings, like we are all beautiful souls that came here together to be here now at this time and experience this together to unify as one with love. And that will, and I don't mean some hippy dippy like stuff. I'm talking like 
actually like be there for one another as neighbors and it's going to happen. It's beautiful. Right now we're going through the thick of it. Um, but it's, it's, that's going to be the next thing I think to come. So the next phase. All right. Well, on that note, I think this is a great place to kind of tie things up a little bit. I want to give listeners an opportunity to connect with you both on the social networks, whichever one uh, ones you want to share with them and your podcast. So can you just remind people the, how they find your podcast and the name of it? Yes. So it's called the soul awakening podcast. And um, if you're into what you heard today, it's like this all the time <laughs> with me and guests. And sometimes I do solo cast and a lot of interviews with guests and um, I'm offering a few meditations on there quite soon just to deal energetically with what's oh, happening. Great. Yeah. And also um, you can reach me at catfowler.com. I have everything there and all of my services and all of the energy healing sessions you can book there. And I'm offering for this whole quarantine period, um, a nice discount 30% off with the code heal to anybody that wants to do a session because it's just, yeah, it's just what's needed. There's, that's just how it is. <laughs> right. Right. And you're on Instagram. It's cat. Oh yeah. At Kat Fowler. Doc, yeah, Kat Fowler. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like catfowler.com. Yeah, no, that's good. And it's F-O-W-L-E-R. I'll put it in the show notes. So if you're listening via the link on my website, you'll see her information in the show notes. But easy, Kat, K-A-T, F-O-W-L-E-R. All right. Well, Kat, I um, energetically feel so much better just talking to you. And and I think you have a grounding way to you. So that I know will be helpful to the listeners as they just, you know, maybe they're on their walk um, or their run or just their quiet time in their home. So thank you very, very much for your time, your expertise. I'd love chatting with you and I will love to have you on again once this whole thing is uh, in its next phase. Ideally soon. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Always awesome to chat with you. Okay. Well, have a great night and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian. And I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my mentorship program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.